I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Off. Scott Mitchell here. Uh, we had a Super Bowl, Super Bowl 54, just happened recently. And uh, here's um, kind of my take on what I found fascinating about this Super Bowl. And I think it was u- unique. I think it's actually historic in many ways. And I think it's uh, part of something that, you know, I've observed. And it's kind of a pattern that happens through the course of the history of the NFL. And I, th- I think this is the continuation of of that that pattern and i'll certainly get to that uh later in the show but uh first off i i just am so happy for andy reed i i, I don't i don't know andy reed i don't know that i've had a conversation i really in my life you know with andy reed uh we've had a lot of common um acquaintances that we probably should have talked in our lives before now, or not like I'm going to call him on the phone here in a few minutes. I'd love, love to have conversations with him. I'm fascinated with who he is. Uh, I've watched him from afar and, and had a tremendous amount of respect and appreciation for the kind of coach he is. And, and a lot of that has to stem from being a quarterback I mean, here's a former offensive lineman. And, of course, after the Super Bowl, he joked with Steve Young about that when Steve Young was first at BYU, that that Andy Reid was his JV coach. And this is back when, when you had JV teams in colleges. And they went around and played other JV teams, and they played junior colleges, and, and they, they had a JV team at BYU. And so it's just kind of funny. He goes, you know, here's an offensive lineman that's teaching a quarterback how to play. And as a quarterback myself, if Andy Reid – and I had the opportunity to go and be a quarterback and play for him, it'd be like, that's my top choice. And he's really developed into understanding what it takes to have success in, in football, in the NFL. And he, and he was, he was well taught and well schooled by some, some of the greatest. But as I, as I've thought through the Super Bowl, uh, that was the overriding thing was Andy Reid. And I was I was asking myself why why am I so happy for Andy Reid a guy I don't really know that well a guy that I appreciate a guy that I'd want to play for and he's an offensive lineman which which falls in the face of like my my belief like if you're a quarterback you do not want an offensive lineman as your head coach because he's going to want to run the football all the time unless it's Andy Reid because he was coached by Mike Holmgren who was coached by Bill Walsh and they had the West Coast offense and shoot um, Andy Reid was Brett Favre's coach so he doesn't count he's an anomaly he's like in a category all by himself 
He's an offensive lineman that really understood what it's like to be a quarterback and what it's like to develop a quarterback, and he's done it brilliantly. He really has. I mean, you look at you look at Donovan McNabb, and you I mean, he hasn't. He's been coaching 21 years and hadn't had a lot of quarterbacks, hadn't had to have them. And he took Alex Smith, who was a, who I think is a good quarterback, and I and I think he got the absolute best out of Alex Smith when he coached him. And then he goes, yeah, but I got something better here in the background. I got Patrick Mahomes. And he brings out Patrick Mahomes, and you just go, yeah, he is he is a generational type of player. So so all of that set, right? And that's a mouthful. You know, I'm defending an offensive lineman being a, a head coach. Uh, he 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 was exceptional and has been exceptional, but this is the thing that really jumps out at me, and I have to say this because I think it's extremely important. Andy Reid is authentic to who he is. He's a guy that uh, um, you're not going to like what he has to say all the time, but you're going to believe it. Uh, he's going to come at you from a perspective of of nice. And and I, I get a sense that he's he's the kind of guy like my mom used to tell me about myself. And she said, Scott, you are the kind of person that can tell someone to go to hell. And they'll be happy to do it. And there's just there's just a way with with how he handles and deals with people. But it's it, it's this authenticity in him that just really jumps out at me. And I know because I've I've watched and I've heard clips of him in his practice and he's and he's going around talking to players before practice and you hear the dry humor you hear the sarcasm the wit and i know exact i know i know exactly the coach he is that there that he can look at himself he can look at the situation and not take it too seriously but can take it really serious and 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 he just strikes this amazing balance in in all that he does and then he really is just he's just comfortable being Andy Reid. I love I love when they they interview him in the championship. And he goes, "How about those Chiefs?" You know, and it's not like he doesn't have this canned speech. He doesn't he doesn't have this, you know, this is what I should say in this moment kind of rhetoric. He's just Andy Reid. And he's got a mustache, he's a little overweight, and and he's okay with that. And and he's just you can tell that he's just a very authentic, genuine person. Now, I'm not trying to make him perfect or anything. We know no one's that way, but but there's a there's a trust factor in him. And with that, you get the best out of your players. Cause they know they they just they know, you know what, Coach Reed's real. You're gonna love him. You're gonna love playing for him. And and if you're not, you're 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 gonna be out of here. Because if you can't if you can't enjoy it here, you can't get along here, and you can't make it work here, you're just a bad person. And and you see how he interacts with different position groups, different races, different religions. You can see that Andy Reid has a broad perspective on the human experience, and he can be very relatable to a lot of people. And I think it's one of the greatest assets he has as a coach. And I saw that, you know, in, in all the good coaches and great coaches I was around, they they have that that charisma. They have that ability to lead people and to manage people. Because you don't manage everyone the same way. And and I and I just I just have a tremendous respect for 
for that. And and I seriously, I don't know, I don't know a person. I've never heard of a person that goes, I can't stand Andy Reid and the in the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, if if the Chiefs start winning and winning like the Patriots win, everyone's going to hate Andy Reid. They're going to look at every possible thing that Andy Reid doesn't do, and they're going to magnify it. They're going to find a way to tear him down. And, and uh, you you know that, but right now, Andy Reid could run for president and win. And quite frankly, in the state of Missouri or Kansas, I'm confused. I'm not sure which one it is. It's actually both, by the way. I know I know Trump was like, uh, you know, all the good people of Kansas. Kansas City is in Kansas, and it is in Missouri. But the stadium's in Missouri, and according to some people, the best people in Kansas City are in Kansas. That's all I know. All right? I've been to Kansas City. I played there. And they do. They have passionate fans. I know a lot of people who are Chiefs fans, and they are the best. Maybe one of the best, the best fan bases in the country. I mean, the Green Bay is really good, but but Kansas City uh, is excellent. And so here's the other thing about it's. And I know. Look, I don't want to sit here and talk about the Super Bowl, right? Everyone's done that enough. I just, I just think th- there's some insights here that have created a champion, and are things that I really like. And that's one of. Andy Reid's an authentic person. Uh, the other thing is you look at, like, where he came from. So Andy Reid came from, uh, you know, it ultimately goes back to Bill Walsh, right? Bill Walsh is kind of a a, a massive pioneer. And re- really, you could say, well, it goes back to Paul Brown because Paul Brown invented the West Coast offense. He invented uh, classroom study. He invented all these different things that were unheard of, and and they were not normal when he was doing them. He was way ahead of his time, and then of course he had all of these these plays, and this system of of an offense um, that Bill Walsh perfected and and probably built on, but didn't originate with Bill Walsh. He got that in his time from the Cincinnati Bengals and and Mike Brown, and and he took it and and he developed it into a system. Uh, when he was with the um, the Forty ers and it's and it's prevalent in professional football today, the West Coast offense, and so so everyone kind of funnels through a guy like Bill Walsh, including Andy Reid. But what what has really jumped out at me about Andy Reid is now Andy Reid is building his own, well, his own I guess, tree farm. You know the his his the the people that are branching out from Andy Reid are having success. And and uh, and you just and it's you know like Bill Belichick, you know he's got great assistant coaches when they're with him, but they go and they try to be head coaches. Josh McDaniel at, at Denver and and uh, Romeo Crennel and Charlie Weiss at at Notre Dame. I mean they did none of them did well. Now you have Mike Vrabel who kind of looks like he might be headed somewhere in Tennessee, but uh, most of Belichick's guys don't necessarily do that. And you have to wonder if it's part of how how Andy Reid develops people and 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 what what he actually teaches them and what he instills in them, because they they certainly um, you know they certainly blossom. Sean McVay and and uh, what is it uh, Ryan McDermott or or the head coach at the Buffalo Bills is another another guy. And these guys are are having success and they're getting to Super Bowls and they're winning Super Bowls and they're and they're getting to championship games and so. 
there is something to say about his development of not only players but coaches. And I just find that to be fascinating. And then the last thing for me about the Super Bowl is I think it was the beginning of something amazing. And I really think that um, this might be the ushering in of a new dynasty. We're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to we're going to depart from that thought for a minute. I'm going to re re-enter it in the third part of the show here. But next I want to talk about Pete Rose. And Pete Rose has come out and said that he says, "Wait a minute, Houston Astros and all of your cheating. If you're going to cheat and you're going to screw over baseball, you should be banned for life or you should let me back in." And you know what, folks? I agree with him. I will be back in Kind of the fascinating thing for me was Andy Reid and just kind of what, what makes Andy Reid so unique and likable and successful. And um, I, I just f- I found that fascinating. And of course, he has a quarterback that's pretty darn good, too. And, um, I'm going to tell you more about that in a bit. But right now, Pete Rose has uh, petitioned Major League Baseball. I actually sent a 20-page letter to, to the commissioner of baseball. And, he, and he's, he's, he's done this, you know, periodically throughout the years since uh, he was banned from baseball in 1989 for betting on baseball, which we all know is a no-no. Now, his argument was, I never bet on our team, or at least when I bet on us, I bet on us to win, whatever that means. And and I, when this whole scandal with the Houston Astros came out and and the Boston Red Sox, and and then you talk to people in baseball, and there's, there's all kinds of cheating that goes on, things like this, you know, all the time. And so... Regardless, I just felt like, and and knowing this as a professional athlete, if I can gain an advantage where I know what's going to happen before it's going to happen, like I know what defense is going to be run, I know that you're going to blitz, I know that it's going to be zone, man-to-man, a two-deep look, a, one, a, a single safety high look. If I know that before the snap of the ball, um, I guarantee you I will kick your trash. And, and there's just something to be able to walk up to the line of scrimmage with all the confidence in the world and to be able to um, have that advantage is huge. It's massive. And you can ask any person in the world because every coach I played for, every player I played with, they were always looking for a way, how can I get tipped off by the defense, or I've I've had the same conversation with defensive players. Everyone looks for tendencies. Everyone looks for ways that, that they can get the upper hand. And to have this knowledge beforehand, now I, I, I get, like you got to put, you still got to hit it. And the pitchers are good. And they're going to put something, you know, low and away on the outside corner. And and it's it's almost an unhittable pitch, whatever. But at least... I have a chance if I know what it is. And it's a massive advantage. And if you want my frank opinion, I think it has a bigger impact and influence on anything that you could do to cheat, including gambling. Like, like 
Um, I think it would be harder to fix a game gambling, especially being a manager. Now, I, I mean, I guess you could pull a picture if he, you know, what, what, I, you know, I don't know. You could tell, you know, give him like, I want this guy to bunt. I want this guy to steal. I want, you know, maybe that some of that, you know, has some kind of impact. But I'm telling you, you'd have a greater impact on the outcome of a game by by knowing the signals and knowing what pitch is thrown than by gambling. And and I think, you know, gambling has always been associated with, it's a dirty word. You know, it's mobsters, it's 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 sneaky, it's conniving. Well, what is, che- what is the stealing the signals is every bit as bad, if not worse. And it's all wrong. Like, which one is more wrong? Like, wrong is wrong, right? Is anyone out there listening? Wrong is wrong. And and what it's 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 less wrong, so they're just gonna get their hands slapped. Tell that to the Los Angeles Dodgers. Tell that to maybe someone who played against them in their in their same division and lost out and maybe could have had a chance to win a World Series. And and what kind of impact this has, you know, because then because then what happens? Like nobody trusts baseball at all, ever. And so you can either say, okay, we understand cheating is cheating, but I'm telling you, Pete Rose was an amazing baseball player. Pete Rose was a guy, I believe, played baseball the right way. He played it hard every game. He didn't care what it was, when it was. The guy showed up, and he was just a tough baseball player. End of discussion. And I... I think it's one of the saddest sagas and stories that I've ever heard in my life about banning Pete Rose for life because he didn't do it when he was a player and, and, and he was managing a baseball team and it was, it was two separate situations. But if you're going to ban Pete Rose for life, then you got to ban these other people. I just feel that way. I don't see, I don't see any difference in it whatsoever. I, I said this, when this first came out, and and it's it's fascinating to me that Pete Rose has actually picked up on this, and has actually seen it, and he's actually done it. It'll be fascinating to see what happens down the road if this actually happens, and and Pete Rose is actually reinstated, or or who knows? Because man, it's just it's a hard long life, and and I'm not a I'm not a I'm not a gambler, and I'm not a proponent of gambling. Uh, I'm not. And I, I have friends. I have a friend I went to high school with who's a – he works in Las Vegas. And he works at a casino. And he's a pit boss. So he, he manages all of the, the dealers. And, and, just, and, he, and he has to give them okays. And he has to watch and make sure everything's on the level and all this stuff. And I happened to be in Las Vegas. Uh, and we, we were talking. And we were actually talking at the casino. He'd he, he just gotten off of work. And we were, you know, we were, we were chatting there. And I was asking him questions, and he goes, I've seen, because he works in a casino that's not on the Strip. So most of the people that come in are local people. And he goes, I can't tell you in the 20-some years I've been doing this how many old women who I've sat come in here and lose millions of dollars, their life savings. He said, no one wins in gambling. They just don't. That's why we're in business. The house always wins. And so... I just I'm not a big fan of gambling, but you know what? People gamble. They gamble on sports, they gamble on all kinds of things, and they just do it. And and it's unfortunate. Um, 
but I just I just don't believe that Pete Rose should be it should be such an egregious thing uh, for him uh, that it isn't for the Houston Astros and all these other people involved. I just I just I think both of them are equal. They're both equally wrong, and you got to treat them both the same. If you really if you really want to make a statement or have some kind of compassion, it's it's however you look at it. If you're the commissioner of baseball, because baseball has got a serious black eye now, and and I'm not sure how to fix it. Are right, we gonna take a break? Come back. Um, is this Super Bowl win a dynasty uh, in the making? Welcome back to Helmets Off. Scott Mitchell here. Uh, fascinating uh, topics today. Andy Reid and, and his success in winning a Super Bowl and just kind of some of the insights on him and, of course, Pete Rose. I personally think they should reinstate. I really do. And I, I just think I think I think the whole idea of gambling uh, does not have as much of an impact as stealing signs. I think you can you can certainly have a greater impact because you – you're relying on people to maybe do something or maybe not do something or if I'm talking about the gambling side of it. And and if you're the manager of a baseball team, you know, maybe you can have an influence, maybe not. I don't know because these players, they're going to go out and play hard. They're not sitting here going, okay, our coach is betting on baseball, and so we're in on it, and so we're going to – I don't think that was the case. I think Pete Rose was just out – you know, he liked gambling. And and I don't think he was trying to do it to be malicious to um, the the Cincinnati Reds or the game of baseball. Whereas the Houston Astros, they were like, no, nah, we're we're specifically cheating. We're trying to manipulate the outcome of the game. And I think it's BS. Well, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs right now, I think, are the hottest thing in the world. They had this crazy uh, celebration. Over a million people showed up, and uh, good for them. And and we're cer- certainly very happy. And and you have to ask yourself the question, is this the beginning of a dynasty? And this is kind of the end of Tom Brady. And it's like, look, Tom Brady's best days are behind him, and maybe he wins another Super Bowl or not. It's going to be hard. Okay, You saw it You saw it last year where at the beginning of the season, everyone's like, oh, this, the, the freaking Chiefs are going back to the Super Bowl. And no one liked it. And then as the season wore on, you saw – you saw age. You saw that this team wasn't quite the same as it was a year ago. It's hard to go to the Super Bowl, folks, and it's hard to win it. And, and it's amazing what what Bilicek and Brady have done in New England. It's it's beyond amazing. And can the can the Chiefs be the next dynasty? And and I'm going to say yes and no. I, I remember one of the first things I ever heard Dan Marino say that I go, oh, that's interesting. He said, I went to the Super Bowl in 1984, the second year of my career, just like Patrick Mahomes. Now, unfortunately, Joe Montana was on the other side of it, and he basically kicked our, you know, your, our behinds. And, and, but we were young, and I had, I had the Marx brothers, and I had some great weapons, and we had a good defense and all this stuff. And, and we were like, we're going to go back every single year. This is so easy. Like, this is great to do this. And he goes, I never, ever got back to the Super Bowl in my entire career. So, and Dan Marino, what I mean, when Dan Marino stepped onto the field, he was like Patrick Mahomes. Oh, my goodness, we haven't seen a guy throw the ball like that. We haven't seen a guy, this guy is, is a freak of nature. Look how quick his release is. Look, I mean, you hear all of those things about Dan Marino. And they were all true. 
And you would have thought, there's a dynasty in the making. And unfortunately, the football gods can be cruel. And they're really cruel because it's not a round ball, just so you know. If you understand football, and it, it's oblong. And so sometimes it has funny bounces. And sometimes it bounces your way, and sometimes it doesn't. And there's no way to predict whether it will or it won't. But what the Kansas City Chiefs have done and what you saw from Patrick Mahomes and what I've seen from Patrick Mahomes that I think is unique, a couple things. One, the dude throws the ball crazy. Like he's breaking all the rules. He's breaking he's making new rules. He's he's setting a new a new normal. And what I love is that he's not a scrambler. Like he's not a he's he's like a gunslinger. He wants to throw the ball. And his coach wants to throw the ball. And he throws the ball and he throws it in places like, okay, he does this whole no look thing. And and at first I thought this is a little gimmicky, right? Because everyone's making this out to be that, you know, the guy is he's he's uh you know, this is just something he does in practice. And then I saw him do it in the Super Bowl, which I hadn't seen, and I was like, That guy, he's crazy. You know, you remember Jordan Spieth? When Jordan Spieth would just look at the hole and putt, remember that? And you're like, what are you doing? What are you doing, you moron? You're not, you're not doing it conventional. And it was like going in. And, of course, now Jordan Spieth is all over in his brain and what have you. But um, So the look thing is crazy. And where he's throwing the ball and the velocity and the accuracy is crazy insane. No one does this. There's nobody in professional football that throws the ball like Patrick Mahomes. So he's extremely talented from that perspective. But let me tell you what he is. This dude has a fire. He has he has a competitive spirit in him. He has an ability to hit another gear. He has an ability to will himself to winning. It's so hard to come back from 24 points down in a playoff game. This just doesn't happen. And to just say, no, I'm not. And the the confidence that he brings to this, like he goes, oh, yeah, I came back from 24 points down. All that does in his head is he goes, yeah, I can do it again. And guess what else happens? All the people around him go, freaking Mahomes, man, he's our guy. We always know we're in the game as long as we have Patrick Mahomes. Doesn't this sound familiar to you? Doesn't it sound like Tom Brady? Like like Tom Brady just willed him to win. And you see him on the sidelines and he's you know, he's just he's just firing up his teammates. And, and in reality, all he's doing is firing himself up. He's just doing it verbally and and it's self talk. But but it appears like he's firing everyone else up. He's just trying to fire himself up, just so just so you know. But there's this will to win, and you see this with all great players. You just see it. You saw it with Michael Jordan, and you saw it with Kobe Bryant. And you, and there's this just this deep desire to just go, oh, man, I got I, I we are not going to lose. I don't care. I don't care the situation. I don't care what's happening. And he has that, and he showed it over and over and over. It's like it's like the first year of Patrick Mahomes was like wow crazy, and then the second year, it's like this guy got better, and that's when you go. When you see that star just improve, and and that's when you know you have something really special. So they've been there, they've done that, and every time they go somewhere, they get better. And you look at this and you just say, 
this is this is something that's really in the making and and it really and and beyond that i know i know i'm a quarterback i know people are going to hate me for this but when you have that you always have a chance and their defense Kansas City Chiefs defense is not great it's not great it's good it's better than it was a year ago, and that's all it had to be was just a little bit better because we have so much talent on offense. We have Patrick Mahomes, but not only that, you got you got these freak, I mean, special special talents that are game changers, and 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 anytime you have that, you really have the potential of a dynasty in the making. Where it gets tricky, Patrick Mahomes going to get paid forty million dollars a year. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. And then, and then what do you do? Because there's other guys that go, I want to get paid, and I'm not going to get paid here, so I got to go somewhere else. And that creates problems. And the biggest, the biggest deterrent to a dynasty in Kansas City is the salary cap. And if you can manage that, because that's what the, that's what the New England Patriots did, and they managed it better than anyone, and because of that, they created a dynasty. So it's not on the field. It's not the players you have. It's the players you can keep and how you manage, you know, how do you keep your finances in a, in, in check? And, uh, and that's what's, that's what's going to create a dynasty for Kansas City. All right. Well, we've created a dynasty here at Helmets Off, and we want to thank you for your um, patronage. Been doing this for over three years now. Love it. Thank you for tuning in. Um, we are powered by KSLSports.com. Find us on Facebook at the Hotel Podcast or at the Hotel Show. And until then, we'll catch you soon.